0: The Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Russell, step back. Ah! That's a Where the eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the Tiger? great night to be a Mountaineer
1: wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rush down the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he
0: caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone.
1: It is Thursday the 27th. You're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Warner, Alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Good morning, fellas. Good, Good morning. morning. How are we doing today?
2: Well, Aliens are real, apparently. Yeah. Always
1: have been, man. Like <laughs> I, I was telling you, me and Marshall were talking about this morning. I said it on Panhandle Live yesterday. They weren't going to tell me anything I didn't already know in that press conference, or in that uh, hearing yesterday. But, hey, they got the bodies. They got the crafts. They've already reverse-engineered them. So this time next go. year, it's going to be the Jetsons well, around here, f- man. I was going
2: to say, five years from now, we're going to have the, instead of the World Cup, we'll have the Universe Cup. We'll send Messi into space, and there you go. we'll settle things like men. You know, let's see how they do against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Next, Send up your best eleven.
1: Next thing we're going to hear is about all those celebrities that were cry- cryogenically frozen, <laughs> and they're going to start oh coming back gosh. and doing whatever. Like, wasn't Disney Walt Disney? Didn't he do that or something? Like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he, he turns he, into like Man Ray from SpongeBob when he gets unfroze. <laughs> Him and Ted Williams, man. They uh, turned into what were the superheroes? Mumbo, Wumbo, Mermaid Man, Mermaid Man, and 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 Barnacle, Barnacle Boy. Boy. Yeah, Wombo. <laughs> Mumbo, I Wumbo,
2: You, you Wumbo, He she Me Wumbo.
1: Uh, Well, transitioning away from Spongebob talk. (laughs) Shout out to our older audience. I have no clue what just happened. (laughs) No idea. Spongebob, that's one of the goat cartoons, by the way. You can always get in touch with us, 304-263-4321. You can tweet us at EP Sports Network. Tonight on the airwaves, we're going to have TBT at 7 o'clock because it is Best Virginia and heard that the famous foes at this point and, uh, well, Flowers didn't want to play them and it seems like they, other than the fact that he told us that they play them all the time, it seems like they don't, might not want to play him because this herd that team is good.
2: Yeah, they're 5-3 and three all time, and they've got some guys. We talked about Ja'Cory Williams being around, but James Kelly, they've got some good size inside, and they also added Gerard West, people remember, from playing at Notre Dame High School in West Virginia, went to Marshall, then finished at Louisville, and has been fantastic overseas, not to mention uh, what Elmore's capable of doing. This is the best herd that team Um, that we've seen I I think since this tournament's began and remember they went on that pretty crazy run um, that first year that they were in TBT uh, back when the game was in the bubble so it's going to be a competitive game I think frankly it's going to be a more competitive game than the Zoo Crew now Best Virginia should be adding a player that wasn't there in round one um, if I can quickly find his name. Uh, Quincy Ford. Quincy Ford's a six foot ten wing who apparently can guard all five positions on the hmm. floor, so he's going to help them defensively. But they had turnover concerns. Um, their shot making ability was good, but it needs to be better in this game against her. That I'm curious to see what the crowd's going to look like. Especially since this is just on ESPN Plus. It's not on ESPN. It's so is, lame. I know. Yeah. It's so lame. They have this really interesting tournament that still gains momentum every year, but people can't watch it unless you pay. And ESPN Plus is like $11. Now.
1: ESPN Plus is the worst.
2: It's not great. And yeah. I mean, if it didn't have the Bundesliga and a lot of Big 12 stuff, I wouldn't have it. But. And I'm not paying for it right now, so I can't watch it. So I, right. along with how I would recommend everybody else, listen tonight on WEPM and WCST because it is going to be a good game. Uh, and I hope they pack out. Best Virginia fans can. The, the the key, I think, also is this. Win or lose this game. Best Virginia keeps getting regionals. West Virginia keeps getting regionals because Charleston had really good attendance. They had top 10 attendance records for TBT, getting four or 5,000 people there. The second that people say, I don't really want to go this year, and there's only 1,500 people, then it's going to leave.
1: So do you think that's just because of it being in the center at the capital of the state, yeah. especially with her that Best Virginia? I mean, everybody just is converged on Charleston. Yeah, it's a little but, easier to get there than Wheeling.
2: When there were, I can't remember what the top numbers say, it was 6,000. It was about 4,000. It was about... Two thirds Best Virginia fans, and the rest heard that fans. Wheeling seems as though there's not that many heard that fans that were going. There were some Zucru fans, which is cool, but Pitts never. Oh, you're Pittsburgh, right there, man. Pittsburgh. Exactly, but Pittsburgh's never going to get this tournament. You know, if Best Virginia loses it, it'll go back. It was at Richmond the first year they played in, and I remember going down for that. You don't want to lose this because I think it's a really cool event. I'm not. I'm preaching to the choir because I'm not saying people of Martinsburg get in your cars and drive to Wheeling today. <laughs> yeah, but, no. you know, I, I hope that there's a lot of people in Wheeling and the tournament continues. It would be – I don't know if there's a venue in Martinsburg big enough to have it. This would be a place I think that would really – really facilitate it well. When you think about Beckley's got the armory, that would be cool, but it's a hard place to get to. Charleston makes a lot of sense. The Civic Center's huge. Mm-hmm. So you get 6,000 people in a 12,000 seat stadium, it looks small. Wheeling's about the perfect size for it, but you got the attendance. It makes no sense to be in Morgantown, yeah. no sense to be in Fairmont. I, what is the biggest?
1: So The only place around here that I can think of that would fit that many people isn't in West Virginia. It's in Hagerstown at the Community College mm, at the Arc right. Center. It's huge. It's so, massive. I they mean, could fit a couple thousand people in that. The
2: biggest arena would be the Butcher Center. It, has or to Or maybe, be. I mean, probably. is Spring Mill's bigger? I don't know. It has to be the Butcher Center. But then, like, I don't know if you want to put these teams up in Shepherdstown. You'd probably right. have to put them in Martinsburg. Yeah, and you put they them they in the give them a nice up, little yeah, setup yeah. there. <laughs>
1: I think they could do it. But that would be, um, maybe, I mean, they had Wizards training camp here for That's a true. while. So man, a they were able point. to fit that many people in here for <laughs> I,
3: I still can't believe that happened at one point. I love it. If, it was, if anybody
2: remembers going to Wizards training camp, please text them. Yeah. Because that yeah. sounds That's unbelievable. so cool. I'm watching video of Chris Weber Duncan just popped up on Twitter one day and I go, Man, that kind of looks like the Butcher Center. It's holy cow, it's the Butcher Center.
1: <laughs> so uh you can always text us 304-263-4321. Got a long text here there to read go. you guys. All right. All right. It says, uh, haven't been able to listen for the fat for the past few weeks due to work, but off today, so I can give you a summary, which shout out. I love that. Uh the flying box name is an abomination the texture says Man. starting out strong what a horrible name they go on to say uh Colorado potentially coming to the big 12 is also a joke we'll be talking about that mm-hmm. a little bit later on this morning uh at least their team at least they're a team that is worse than WVU true.
3: <laughs> so that's true might not come in last then, you're right?
1: not wrong uh lastly best Virginia needs to play better defense and stop the turnovers and dot 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 anything associated with Moo you which I guess he's oh, talking about he's the zoo crew heard that i'm assuming oh okay that would make sense with uh mu you with marshall that's hilarious by the way Moo you is also a joke the blundering <laughs> herd he called him love the show Mike <laughs> drop so shout out to you for that. that's a good text let's <laughs> set the tempo you I'm telling you. i like it flying box cars is growing on me by the way because i think they're going to drop the flying part the flying part i think it's going to be just box cars which i think will be cool um what else? Colorado to the Big Twelve. again, we'll talk about, about that after joke, a little bit. But we'll talk about like you yeah, said, we can we'll talk about we'll that, get that, in later. that a bit. And then Moo Crew is perfect or Moo You. Moo crew is even better, I think, for uh, for Marshall Ma- I just Marshall Marsha does not like Moo You. Or the just blundering herd. An
2: absurd amount of uh, little brother effect that West Virginia fans put on Marshall, and I just don't have as much ill will as people do mm-hmm. for Marshall. Yeah, if West Virginia, because
1: well, as long as we're we've been around, like for the older generations, I mean, they were actually rivals for us. They never really have ever well, played. Well, yeah, they, that's much. a fantastic point. Yeah.
2: I think you said it the other day? They've played twice now in two years. Yeah, that's more than any other sport. You know, they've had to make West Virginia and Marshall win NCAA tournament games to play each other. Like, when was the last
1: friends of Cobalt?
2: They just like 2009, I mean 12, That sounds about right. The, and the thing about that is, is it's clear why we don't do that. Marshall refuses to sign a contract with West Virginia unless West Virginia comes to Huntington. West and West, West Virginia will not do no. that, which I I get from both aspects. But at the same time, it's what the fans want. They should play each other in basketball at the Civic Center every single year in Charleston, but they don't. They play each other in baseball. You know, yeah. those are fun games. But uh, I say all that to say. There's been a lot of lot of little brothering going on from West Virginia to Marshall fans. This hurt. That team is really good. If they win tonight, Twitter is going to be a very difficult place to navigate for about 48 <laughs> hours. I'm not gonna lie to you.
1: While well, all the You people get all fired yeah. up, yeah. Look, all crazy. Like I remember,
2: <laughs> it was it was brutal when Marshall was so much better than WVU in soccer they, the year they went to win the national yeah. championship. But West Virginia beat them, and leading up to that game. Marshall fans were just talking all this junk, and it was a bit uncomfortable. And I remember thinking, "Let's wait until we play the game." West Virginia beats them one 0 I think it was Luke, Mc- not Luke McCormick. It was the Fairmont kid that scored, Ike Swiger. And then it got toxic in the other direction. And then Marshall won the Natty, and then it was mm-hmm. a whole, it was a whole thing. I say I appreciate we ha- I appreciate that rivalry. Now that they're in the same conference for yeah. soccer, they have to play each other. But let's continue to extend that to other sports. Let's not play. 11 power five teams every single year for football if you're West Virginia because you're going to go like three and nine this year. You know, this schedule looks a lot different if instead of Penn State, you're playing Marshall.
1: Like, let's not wait for a West Virginia Marshall basketball game where it's all guys that haven't played in 15 years. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. Know? It's a game that, not that these TBT games don't matter. Because of course, they're going for that million dollars, but let's get it into a situation that matters. you, know, you can get
2: 6,000 people at the Civic Center for a Herd That Best Virginia game, you'd sell it out for Marshall mm-hmm. West Virginia.
1: 100%. Yeah. I'm, I remember going
3: to one of those when they still had it. It was i think it was when john flowers was still playing at west virginia if i'm right and it, it's just been so long and it was one of those cool th- things and it was like an event in the state of west virginia bringing the two big schools together right in the middle mm-hmm. between them and charleston it was a fun time so i mean i'm all for bringing that back and i'm i wish they would bring football back but there's that caveat with it i understand not wanting to go to huntington and, and uh, edwards field and all that but it, it's one of those rivalry rivalries. and it's kind of what we've seen in the new world we're living in in college, well football and college sports altogether. These rivalries that we're getting, they're they're going away. Like the backyard brawl was gone for mm-hmm. over a decade. Uh, the Battle of the Black Diamond Trophy with West Virginia and Virginia Everybody Tech. Everybody was money hunting. Yeah,
2: well, yeah. how starved have Mountaineer fans been for rivalries that they try to force it with Texas, and Texas does not well, care about us. Well, because there were so many great regional Absolutely. rivalries that's that they my, lost when they went to the Big 12. That's my point. You don't play Penn State. You don't play Virginia Tech. You don't play Cincinnati. I know that's coming back with the Big 12. You don't play Pitt. You don't play Marshall. You know that's what the football used to be. by by way of the fact that you couldn't travel anywhere else, mm-hmm. getting on a plane was uh, unheard of in the '70s, unless you were playing for a bowl, and you had all these regional rivalries, and it, it was so much fun. Then you know, obviously the almighty dollar speaks, <laughs> and it's been a little bit embarrassing. Talk about Mountaineer fans, who let me be clear, are the best fans in college sports, in my opinion, biased opinion have been embarrassing themselves trying to force these rivalries with te- Texas. does not care. No, the Big 12 doesn't care about not West Virginia at all. yet. Texas Tech, for a while, we had a little something going in basketball, but then that went away when Mark Adams and them made it all the way to the national championship game. Now they don't care about us anymore. I mean, having Cincinnati really helps. But it's just not the same where it's like, oh, man, we're going to TCU this week. And TCU does not. All, all that Big 12 teams care when it comes to West Virginia is their coaches complain nonstop about traveling to yeah. Morgantown. Yeah. You know, yes. it's 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 a far cry away from when the Big East had the best basketball conference in the history of mankind mm-hmm. and these just really fun local football rivalries.
1: Well, we got a here. 304-263-4321 talking about West Virginia Marshall, why they haven't played in the set in the third saying it's because WVU fan, It's it's. Let me restart. Because it's (laughs) WVU fans that will fill their venues, so why should WVU have to subsidize their athletic programs for it? Which makes sense. Now, it could be a little bit different, I guess, when you get down, if it's at Marshall, right? Because, of course, herd fans will be... Pack it into that place but yeah I'm sure it would be close 50 50 if not a little bit more one way or the other if they did it
2: yeah that 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 makes sense I mean down it would be a sellout and Marshall struggles to sell out their football stadium as is even in years that they've been ranked they have struggled to sell out games so I agree with what the Tex are saying in that regard but it's just West Virginia doesn't want to sacrifice when they can get any number of one double a schools or very low power five schools to come to morgantown every year and give them an extra home game because they know for a fact maybe not this year because the team's going to be terrible but in the past they've known for a fact that we can have james madison here and get mm-hmm. 55,000 people in this and, and they don't want to give up that revenue to go down to huntington and not make any money that's mm. I, I get it from that aspect i don't get it from the fans perspective because it's what the fans want and for most years it's a free win no disrespect to marshall maybe not in the last couple of years but people forget that Marshall had Chad Pennington and Randy Moss right. and still lost right. to West Virginia. <laughs> that's nuts. That's nuts, still
3: thinking about that. Hmm. And, I mean, they've had some really good times, too, like in the late 2000s, early 2010s, guys like Rakeem Cato and the like. That, I mean, Marshall's had some really good years when they've had a program. So it's it's something I would like to see return at some point. Like we mentioned, playing all those Power 5 schools in a schedule, it's just going to be – it. that's tough to do. And if you get a team like Marshall, it's a fun regional rivalry in the state, and you have that going on as well. But before we break in here, guys, I wanted to ask you this. Hypothetical scenario for West Virginia. If you had the opportunity to move them to the ACC, would you do it?
1: Uh, I
2: don't know if they want to go through another move right now. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody brought up an interesting point recently as far as Morgantown is concerned that West Virginia was denied the ACC because they weren't a R1 research facility and that that was going to bring down the academics of the conference, (laughs) which give me a break. But people have also said that another reason why the ACC wasn't chosen is because the Morgantown Airport runway wasn't long enough. And it's being extended to Bridgeport. Yeah, well, that's what teams still do now, but it's being extended as we speak. So that would help them facilitate another conference move. Originally, it helps. Fans would want that. People wanted to go to the ACC originally. But I don't know if you want to make things. I mean, with the Pac-12, we'll talk about this later, they had their media day and their commissioner bragged about the fact that none of their members were going to leave. Ten days wow. later, Colorado's gone. So the pac 12 is collapsing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, the SEC's not going anywhere, but when you have a conference with stability, like it appears the Big 12 does under the leadership, your mark, I just don't know if you want to mm-hmm. leave right now. Now, Congress is getting involved with NIL – Congress could get involved and redistrict the conferences themselves, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of people say they should do. Although Congress has, frankly, more important things to worry about. Like going aliens. back to our aliens conversation, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would stay put.
1: Well, I'm looking at a thing here, just a hypothetical realignment conference things. It's the Eastern, Northern, Western, Midwest, and Southern conference. And for the Eastern conference, the Northern division would be Boston College, Maryland, Penn State, Pitt, Rutgers, Syracuse, West Virginia. And the Southern Confer- Southern half of the Eastern conference, would be Clemson, Duke, North Carolina. NC State, Virginia, Virginia Tech and Wake Forest. I think that sounds perfect.
2: It absolutely does. And it, it gets some of those teams uh, you know, Rutgers and Syracuse out from under the shadow yeah. of the giants that they're competing against. Gives them some more competitive football and give them a chance to try to reclaim their programs. Boston College as well. You know, I mean, yeah. that's what the, the the Big East was back in the day. It wasn't <laughs> conferences dominated by two or three teams. I don't know. I I agree. If we were to redistrict it geographically, if
1: someone were to step perfect. in and do that, that'd be perfect. Or just take it back to how it was yeah. before we're it all back. started. It was great how it was.
3: Well, we've lost so many like old rivalries, too. You go like outside of the East Coast. I mean, Kansas-Missouri was one of the biggest oh, yeah. rivalry games oh, big for a time. long, long time. The Civil War. Time. That was
1: called the Civil War?
2: I think so. Yeah, I mean, I now think. you're breaking up Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Yeah, you lose Bedlam now.
3: So that's that's gone, too. And then you've <laughs> got... Well, we we'll get. I think we'll yeah we'll get Texas and Texas A and M back. I know that was a big rivalry people yeah. have missed for a long time, but it's the breaking up of these old rivalries that have just been. I think the worst part about the conference realignment, and we'll, we'll dig deeper into the Pac-12 situation. But I think there's a real chance we could lose the civil war between Oregon and Oregon State. Yeah, yeah. I th- and that's one of the more fun rivalries every year in college football. So it's a lot of questions. I think with realignment, it's every year it is at this point.
1: Well, the reason we're talking rivalries is because the night right here at seven o'clock on WPM and WCST TBT back on the airways with Best Virginia and heard that again. They'll be right here at seven o'clock on WPM and WCST. We'll be back after this on the Panhandle News Network.
0: It's, your, your world is this. it's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP Sports Network.
1: Welcome back to Paint Handle Sports Live. Broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchwell building. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Before we get to this bottom of the hour break, <clears throat> Post 14 still in action. Now at the state tournament as of yesterday. Uh, well, they're still in action, but they lost to Charleston yesterday. And they got wheeling in the elimination game today. So, uh, Luke, I know you've been keeping an ear and an eye on the state Legion tournament. How's Post 14 doing, or how they do in that loss against Charleston?
2: It's tough. I mean, they just ran into a buzzsaw. Stoudelmeier threw incredibly well. I mean, if Stoudelmeier... If that team plays 200 games and Stoudelmeier keeps the opponents to two runs, you probably win 195 of them. Mm. It's just that you've got the returning state champions in Charleston, who, as Chris George said when he was on the show, is probably the best pitching staff in the state. So you squeak by Parkersburg. I was honestly more concerned than with beating Parkersburg by one than I was by losing to Charleston by a run. So you play Wheeling today. People are calling them kind of the, the 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 sleeper team in this tournament. They've got a tremendous amount of talent, um, so that's going to be a tough game, but you've still got, I believe, the Lauder hasn't thrown yet in this tournament, so I'd like to see him throw today. Just two unbeaten teams that'll play tonight uh, as post two and uh, Charleston. Again, South Charleston, the reigning state champs are the two unbeatens. And then you have Potomac Valley playing this afternoon as well. Shout out for them. Uh, They're one and one in the tournament today. So it'll be post 14 against Wheeling coming up this afternoon. We'll talk about that tomorrow uh, because I still think that it makes it difficult, obviously, picking Mm -hmm. up a loss so they can go on a run and still win this thing, especially when they have as many pitchers available on the back end of their staff as they still do.
3: Yeah, I definitely think that with your back against the wall in this situation, I feel like you have to throw the water today. You, oh, got you got to. You, you got to put your pass out there to avoid elimination. There there were times towards the end I was watching the post-14 matchup, and the thing that concerned me towards the end of it, they were up 3-1, and then just they had just a string of wild pitches towards the end that got a runner to score for Parkersburg. So it's getting, I think, redisciplined at this point and locking in for this post-14 squad is going to be what's going to take them. And have if they get this win against Wheeling, they got to, they got to lock in, get disciplined once again. Because we saw if the team that we saw take down North Berkeley in that game in the area tournament, if they play the defense like they did in that game again, it's going to be tough for anybody to take them down. So they got to get disciplined. They got to lock in good defense, not allow the pitching to get wild. And I think, really, once again, Lane DeLauter has to be the guy you put on the mound today because you need to get a win in this situation and try and crawl your way back up from what's been, I'd say, an up-and-down-at-best tournament for post-14.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, shout-out to our, our buddies, Jack Withrow, Butch Mounts over at WDV Video Productions. You can find the live stream of that on the Video Productions website tonight and all the games from the state tournament. What's been one of the deepest fields they go to eight teams and yet this tournament's as deep as it's ever been, yeah. you know, just two teams out. And you think, you know, Parkersburg was really talented this year, especially the game they gave post 14, you know, again, as Chris George alluded to South Charleston's got the best pitching staff. Morgantown post two is the hottest team. They're the two unbeatens, but the four teams below that are playing this afternoon, the two that get through from the elimination games, I think are going to be hungrier than ever. And hopefully it's Potomac Valley and post 14. So we can have two Panhandle teams remaining in the final four to really uh, accentuate how talented the the talent is in this area.
1: Well, you can get in touch with us. Text us 304 263 4321. You can tweet us at EP Sports Network. We'll get to this bottom of hour break. We'll come back, talk a little O's baseball, talk a little Big 12 with Colorado coming in. And Shohei Otani will not be an Oriole, as of right now, <laughs> at least, as of right now. But we'll get to that after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network.
0: Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker.
1: Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Icewinner alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. You can text us 304-263-4321. You can tweet us at EP Sports Network. And we're giving away another Orioles merchandise package today. We got the Oriole Bird Nickelodeon bobblehead. Got the slime all over him. We got a Orioles hat, Orioles fanny pack, which are actually pretty sick. Yeah. These fanny packs yeah, those are, are pretty cool. cool. And then an Orioles t-shirt. And if you uh want to win this Orioles gear prize pack, you got to text the uh, answer to this trivia question. Well, we
2: talked about it earlier, WVU and Marshall and the football games that they used to play back in the day, the most notable of which is when Randy Moss came to Morgantown with Chad Pennington. They had a 28-3 lead in that game, but ended up losing to West Virginia 42-31. Again, future NFL quarterback Chad Pennington and Randy Moss losing to the Mountaineers. Who was the starting quarterback for West Virginia in that game? First person to text us wins that Orioles prize pack. Who was the Mountaineer quarterback in 1997 when they defeated Marshall 42
1: to 31? It's not Pat White, like I immediately said, <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. A little bit, a uh, little, little bit before little, Pat White. Yeah, a little bit before his time. Would he, oh, yeah, he'd have been born by then. He was born in the 80s, I'm sure. Yeah. But you can text us 304-263-4321. Who was the quarterback for the Mountaineers the last time uh, they took on Marshall with Randy Moss and all those guys? You get an uh, Orioles hat, you get an uh, Oriole bird bobblehead, a fanny pack, and a T-shirt. got to text us 304-263-4321. And speaking of the Orioles, well... They took another loss last night, four 6-4 to four they lose to the Phillies, and it was another kind of blunder towards the end of the game. It was a two-run seventh inning for uh, the Phillies that took, well, the game for them there. So looking at the, uh, the box score here, I mean, two hits for Austin Hayes, a hit for Rutchman, a hit for Urias. So, I mean, they're hitting the ball still. They just can't quite keep the bats of the Phillies under wraps.
2: Yeah, and this is another game that, frankly, I blame the bullpen. And you look at Kyle Bradish and you say, well, he gave up five of the six runs. How can it be the bullpen's fault? He goes out to pitch the seventh for no reason other than they do not trust putting anybody else in the game. People were upset online when that happened. He needed to be done after the sixth. But he goes out to try to limp (laughs) through one more inning, gives up those runs, like you mentioned. You know, Perez, Baum, and Irvin come in and we're fine. But this team needs back of the bullpen arms. The thing about it is right now is for whatever reason the American League East has gone from the best division in baseball to over the last couple of weeks everybody's playing 500 ball except the Rays, who have been horrible. They've been worse than 500. So the Orioles have the luxury of still being a game and a half up in first place. But if they had cinched up their bullpen sooner, and this is what drives me crazy about the trade deadline, they would have won at least two or three more games over the last two weeks than they've won if they would have had more arms in the back of their bullpen. People always talk about wait till the trade deadline, make moves, make whatever. You have a need right now. Go and make that trade right now. Don't wait until late July. I mean, it already is late July, and look at what it's cost you. You could be five or six games up in this division if you would have made a trade on July 3rd. But instead, you're peddling around and and dropping. It's a good uh, Phillies team, don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong. But you could have taken, you could have swept this series if you would have had more pieces in the back of your bullpen. You could be multiple games up in the division lead right now. So it's a frustrating to me to see this organization not execute these trades yet. If they don't do anything, the fans might mutiny. I mean, I know that they're playing with house money because people are they're playing better than people expected them to, but it was really frustrating. It's so frustrating, it's like, this, it's like being a Cardinal fan, to see such a glaring need for a team and it not be addressed. The Orioles need bullpen help right now.
3: And I think the biggest thing, too, is you don't want to be caught too late in dealing for someone you didn't want in the original time, because... That's what I'm worried about with the Orioles right now because if you look at it, yes, they need the bullpen help, and they need to address that as soon as they can. And honestly, if you want, you could probably deal for a starting pitcher too. The market is already making moves. We already saw Texas was a step up of Baltimore. They got a role as Chapman from Kansas City. Now we've seen – Multiple teams like the Angels went and dealt for Lucas Giolito from Chicago last hey, night. Former
1: Hagerstown Suns, great Ooh, Lucas Giolito, million dollar arm, going to the Angels, <laughs> and it's just goofiest the, kid ever. By the way, I could see Giolito goofiest being goofy. kid ever. I when, when he that. came to the Suns, I was working on the grounds crew, and he uh, he may be nervous anytime he left the facility because you never <laughs> he never knew what he was going <laughs> to get. I know what he's going to get into. Yeah.
3: But the main point is the Orioles are running out of time, and they have to make a move or do something at this point because you. The bullpen is not – if your name's not Yanni Aircano and Felix Batista, you are not good in the bullpen. I'm sorry. And They need a third piece in there, whether that's them getting Josh Hader from San Diego and dealing for him or whatever they need to do to that situation or making something happen because the White Sox have come out and said Dylan, Dylan Cease is not on the table either. So he's out of the equation. Shohei Otani's out of the equation. Who do we have left? It, it almost looked like Lance Lynn was going to get dealt to Tampa last night, but now apparently the, the Dodgers are asking, asking about him too. Noah Syndergaard just got traded to Cleveland in the Ahmed Rosario trade that they sent to the Dodgers. They're running out of time to make a move for an, another pitcher, whether that's a starter or a reliever. They have to make this deal done. I say probably by this time next week they need to get that deal done and bring whoever they need to get into here before it's too late, before the trade market kind of dries up. And then they're going to be pulling for straws for potentially that next piece in the bullpen. Because, again, th- this team, I think, is just as close to complete as you can get it. If they get a third piece in the bullpen, a middle reliever, they're really struggling to find that right now. And they got to address it.
1: Well, the O's are off today or tonight. So uh, that's why we got a little TBT action again. Heard that. Best Virginia taking on uh, TBT action tonight, 7 o'clock. But they start their series against the Yankees tomorrow. Now, this is a good bounce back series I think for them although the Yankees are playing decent ball right now but they get the Yankees in Baltimore it'll be one of the first times in a while that it's actually going to be majority Orioles fans than Yankees fans it's how it always was I remember as a kid I was uh after the Red Sox won the World Series uh what was I know one right um oh4 04. 04. yeah we went down me and my dad went down to uh Uh, Orioles-Red Sox game, and it was nothing but Red Sox fans there, and it's usually like that with the Yankees. But this will be different uh, tomorrow, 7.05 start. We'll have it right here. Uh, But, yeah, I think this is a good kind of Recalibrate series for the O's,
2: and I wanted to add one with just because we're beating up on the Orioles, and I know we got a lot of Orioles fans. This is their first off day in like twelve days, yeah. So that also also perpetuates Mm -hmm. why they've struggled a bit against the Phillies. Like I have a feeling that there was no no work being done today. The Orioles are just probably sleeping right now. Good as they Um, should be, but they have the Sunday night baseball coming up this Sunday. It's the first time that Sunday night baseball has been to Camden since twenty sixteen. Uh, so don't tune in at 1 o'clock because the game won't be there. It's <laughs> going to be at 7 o'clock, I think.
1: Got uh, the Nats play at 1 o'clock. There you go. You can little, watch
2: that. Little area double header there. That's right. Um, but it, this is an important series, like you said, because the Yankees are struggling. If you can take two of three from the Yankees, it doesn't matter if the Yankees were 20 and 100 right now. You know, if you take two of three from the Yankees, you know that can do a huge bit of confidence for the players on this Orioles team and the fans as well. So you know, let's not leave another series empty-handed. I mean, you weren't empty-handed against the Phillies, but close to it. Um, and get back on the horse and get back to winning ways. Make that trade that you need to, or trades mm-hmm. at the deadline, and then you know just s- sprints into the second half of the season.
3: And again, yeah, we see Philadelphia. They've been one of the hotter teams in baseball in the start of the second half. I think they're a team that's going to make a pretty good run and. In- Honestly, if they get everything to go, and that's a team that could really contend in the National League, they're a really built team. They're they're the yeah they are the defending National League champions, mm-hmm. so that's that's something in their back pocket. But for the O's sake, yeah, they, I think they just needed the rest day. They've been at it for a long period of time at this point. Maybe they just ran out of gas a little bit. It's good to have a rest day at this point. And you get an important divisional matchup coming up to really, I think, stick the flag into the American League East and say, okay, we're on the road to get home field advantage throughout the American league playoffs, which I think that would be absolutely fantastic if they're able to do that. Really the only teams that are really in contention for it right now, if Tampa gets a resurgence or maybe Texas, right? Get, it gets themselves up into that top spot, but they got a real chance to do something special and be the number one overall seed in the American league.
1: Well, you can text us 304-263-4321. Still looking for a winner for the Orioles gear prize pack. You got a hat, a bobblehead, a t-shirt, and a fanny pack, and they got to answer uh, what trivia question, Luke? Uh,
2: again, in 1997, when Randy Moss and Chad Pennington had a 28-3 to lead against the WVU football team and lost. They ran the com- or The Mountaineers had the comeback in that game. Amos Zaraway on the ground was fantastic, but who was the quarterback for the Mountaineers in that game?
1: 1997. If you think all the way back to 1997, I'll even give you the final score. 42 to 31 was the final score of that one. So Texas, 304 263 4321. Who is the starting quarterback for the Mountaineers on that uh, August, that hot August day in 97, where uh, the Mountaineers come from behind thanks to a couple big interceptions? And like you said, uh, a good run game for the Mountaineers that day. Texas, 304 263 4321. You get an Orioles gear, prize pack, hat, shirt, fanny pack. And a bobblehead. But speaking of the Mountaineers, uh, the Big 12's getting pretty—it's uh, getting pretty busy right now. I mean, when are they going to call them the Big 24 or something at this point? Because you got Colorado coming in. There's talks of other schools coming in. So, Parker, what's the landscape of Big 12 athletics right now?
3: So, yesterday the news broke uh, Pete Thamel from ESPN. Great follow on Twitter if you want to keep up with college football. He broke it yesterday that Colorado was in talks to potentially – leave for the Big 12 because it was a meeting set up by Colorado's Board of Athletics for a big announcement. So it's looking like, and we got the word late last night, that that was what it was going on. And Colorado is heading to the Big 12. I, I'm assuming after the conclusion of this year's calendar athletics year in 2024, they will head back to the Big 12. Every one of those teams, they, yeah, they were in the Big 12 before West Virginia came in. They had some really great years in the late 1990s in the Big 12 and in the Big 8 before that. It's I think it's a cool move. I think it's a good move. Of course, I, I was joking with you guys yesterday that seeing Deion Sanders in Morgantown could be an absolute treat for everybody. The electric.
1: Oh, yeah, that'd be great. He should be the new Mountaineer head coach.
3: <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I don't know if I'd want that to be honest, but it's. I think it's interesting now that this has been open, and I'm very much worried for the Pac-12 because now we've heard rumors that but there's another team that's wanting to move it to the Big 12 potentially as well. Could that be? Arizona has been a name that's been flirted around a lot. I think Utah would be a perfect. They're not going to add life. one and
2: not on another. They're not going to have an unbalanced amount of teams.
3: Yeah, that's that's my worry because if you add Arizona, it feels like you have to add Arizona State as well.
2: No, I mean if they add Colorado, that puts them up to thirteen. Right. I'm saying oh gonna yeah. Add, they're oh They're going to okay, add a fourteenth. Okay, okay. They're going to add a fourteen. They're 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 at fourteen now, going down to twelve. in Oklahoma, Texas leave. If you add Colorado, you go up to thirteen. I don't think they're gonna have the big thirteen. You know, they're I mean they're gonna keep the name, obviously, but they should go up to, to fourteen. And the irony of all this to me is like I said coming back onto the air or before we came on the air today, was the Pac-12 commissioner bragging at their media mm-hmm. day how rock solid the commitment was for every team in the conference. We're not going anywhere. And then this happens less than 10 days later. It was very bizarre that he said that at the time. It was so bizarre he said that everybody believed him. And now Colorado's gone. And now Arizona's rumored to be gone. The Oregon schools could be on the move. Obviously, they already have a poaching of the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Pac-12 may not exist. We might go to four conferences here in the next couple of years. If the Big 12 takes two, uh, you know, the ACC might try to get involved at that point just so they can be active on the buyer's market. And uh, it might get it might get a little crazy. Now a
3: team I'd like to see join the Big 12. Now nah, I I, th- I think Oregon inevitably is going to head to the Big 10 as well. I think that's where they're probably going to be. I think Washington in the Big 12 could be really interesting, mm. guys. I, I think there's something cool. Really storied, really great football program. You ha- you've had runs with that basketball team has been really good, too. The baseball and softball really good around that way. That's a potential spot. Both the Arizona schools I think would be great fits as well. Uh. I, I I think
2: that you have to look at it kind of geographically, like a big reason why the Big 12 went out and got Cincinnati, that really helps West Virginia. Yeah. So if they add somebody else, if they add Colorado, I think they would add geographically it makes sense to add this Arizona, one of the Arizona schools.
3: So let me ask you guys this. Is the Big 12 turning more into maybe a bigger and better version of what the American is now?
2: Yeah, I mean, Mm, potentially. I mean, they've got that Power 5 money behind it, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I get what you're saying in terms of it being a coast-to-coast conference. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 makes that that would make a lot of sense. And are they done with just two? Are they going to add four back? Uh, Pac-12 teams? Are we going to mm-hmm. have a 16-team Big 12? You say Arizona and Arizona State and Washington and Colorado. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're up to 16 teams now. If the Pac-12 collapses, is that's what's going to happen, you know, are we going to see four conferences with 18 to 20 teams, uh, and the Pac-12 completely go away? I mean, it's going to be. I don't know. Is Stanford going to join the Ivy League? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't
1: realize that uh, Colorado was already in the Big 12 at one point. Up until yeah. 2010. Oh, 10, yeah, 10. 2010. Then they switched over to the pack in uh, 2011. But is this just because of Dion? I mean, because um, you look at they uh, haven't really been relevant in the last, what, five years, especially not last two years. Does he, I mean,
2: does he make them more desirable? Yeah. Yes. But yes. I don't think he came in and said, get me to the Big 12. I think that Colorado could use the buzz that they've gotten from Dion to facilitate that move because, again, this is a sign that things in the Pac-12 are not as as peachy as they appeared on the outside when they had their media day. So I I don't know. And, I mean, part of it is just Colorado I, – I don't know what Colorado football is going to be in two years. Mm-hmm. Is Dion going to turn him into a powerhouse? Are they going to be terrible and he's going to leave? Or is he going to be too stubborn to realize he's not a Power 5 coach and they have five straight two in ten seasons? I, I, I don't know. But like the texter said – For the meantime, it looks like there's going to be a team that West Virginia can beat. Although, they got the four new teams this year. I don't think their schedule is going to be that favorable Mm -hmm. next year. I've said this a million times. If the Mountaineers had a competent roster, which hopefully they do, but it doesn't look like they do, this schedule is so easy that with, with, if Will Greer was a quarterback of this team, they might win the Big 12. I mean, that's how easy their conference schedule is this year. It's a shame that we're going to see it all thrown away. Uh, so I don't think they'd play Colorado. I mean, they'd play them in basketball, yeah. but I don't think they'd play them in uh, football if they came because the Mountaineers got the easiest schedule out of anybody this year, in my opinion.
1: Well, we're still looking for a winner of this Orioles prize pack, a prize pack, hat. Bobblehead shirt fanny pack. You got a Texas 304 263 4321. Who was the quarterback for the Mountaineers when they beat Marshall 42 31 back in 1997? Randy Moss on that team. All kinds of different big names. Of course, can't give you the one big name because that's the answer (laughs) we're looking for. But Texas 304 263 4321. Who was the quarterback for the Mountaineers in that 1997 matchup where they won 42 31. Uh, against the Marshall Thundering Herd, three zero four two six three four three two one is the text line. We'll be back to wrap things up and get Parker's picks after this on
0: WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Mix up your sports coverage with Panhandle Sports Live, heard on the Panhandle News Network.
1: Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville Building. I'm Jordan Icehorner, alongside me Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Yeah, well that's called beginner's luck, 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 luck,
0: luck. Uh. luck, 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 luck.
1: Yeah,
3: I like to call this my lock of the day. Proven, it's never fails. Never failed once. Well, before we get into yesterday's picks, I mentioned that we did miss Dinger Tuesday on this past Tuesday. So we went ahead and did kind of a one-time only. We did way back Wednesday. So we were able to hit it, though. Cody Bouncer got the home run yesterday. So we are officially one one for two in Dinger Tuesdays. I said Dinger Tuesdays. (laughs) <laughs> Anytime you say it, it plays.
2: It's actually obligated. Yeah, it plays. <laughs> Anytime
3: but. you say it, it's got to go. But yeah, Cody Bellinger, he he's having an awesome month of July. I'm really happy for him too because he. Everyone thought he was washed when he was done with the Dodgers. He was in everybody. He's not going to be what he used to be, and now he has really revived his career in Chicago. It that, that's re- always really fun when players are able to do that. But for yesterday's picks, we were able to go two for three. We got yesterday's lock of the day was the Chicago Cubs got the win against the White Sox. Bayheim's army one beat the nerd team in the TBT, which also. One of the like biggest upsets in TBT history happened last night. For I can't remember what the India name. Rising, India Rising,
1: like, pulled off a humongous you see, Friday. Upset. Beers won too. Won their game. The <laughs> the didn't. the, the they... social media company they what? won their first game too. Did not oh know my that. Gosh, yeah. that's
3: great. But where we fell, we weren't able to go perfect because the U.S. drew with the Netherlands in their
1: World Cup match last night. Hey, I'm hearing East. that the U.S. women's national team is washed.
2: What I don't understand is they made one sub in that entire game. Netherlands made four, and and Horan's goal in in the what was it the sixty second minute to equalize, or they would have lost. Alarming, very alarming through two games from them. So today's lock, we're taking the
3: Angels with the win today. They're trading, they're trying to make the playoffs. I think this is, this is going to kind of uplift the Angels a little bit. Otani's not going anywhere from the looks of it. They're adding pieces. They added uh they added Lucas Giolito last night, and I think that that with Otani on the mound in the first game against the Tigers today, I think they were able to take care of them. And that's today's lock. The Angels beat the Tigers in game one of that doubleheader today. We're going back to Belly once again. Cody Bellinger gets two-plus total bases against the Cardinals today. I think he's been the hottest player in the month of July. He's been fantastic. I'm taking him getting two-plus total bases, as well as I'm taking Lubob. Luis Robert get two-plus total bases against the Guardians today. And what could be a maybe a sell-off for the Chicago White Sox, one guy that they are going to keep is going to be Luis Robert, and he's been fantastic as well this season. So I'm taking him. For two plus total bases, the Angels get the win in Game One of the doubleheader. Bellinger and Bob both get two plus total bases in their matchups as well.
1: Well, Texas three zero four two six three four three two one. You got about four minutes until uh, you can't win the Orioles prize pack anymore. Again, it's an Orioles hat. You got a bobblehead, a shirt, and a fanny pack. You got Texas three zero four two six three four three two one. Who is the qu- I'll just give you the whole date. Who was the quarterback on the August thirtieth, nineteen ninety seven, WVU win over Marshall, forty two to thirty one. Who was the starting quarterback? For the mountaineers we did get the right answer but it was our main homie wanda so she can't win today she's got to <laughs> wait another 25 more days so yeah.
2: and how about a little bit more context he also this quarterback set the wvu single game passing touchdowns record against pitt mm-hmm. uh he was a sixth round selection and was named mvp of the pro bowl there at one are. point for the world champion st louis rams
1: that's right that's right so who was the quarterback for the mountaineers in that 42-31 to win over the thundering herd Back on August 30th, 1997. Text us 304 263 4321 get an Orioles gear prize pack, which uh, would be a pretty good thing to wear right now because they're playing some pretty good ball. This is some
2: clean gear, by yeah, the way. Yeah, this is really I mean, nice. This is all stuff, stuff that. Oh, I hate that we got to give it away. What's I was going to say, we're know. not that mad if, if, if people don't answer because I will not say no to wearing that stuff. But again,
1: 304 263 4321 is the text line. So, what else you guys want to talk about here? Got four minutes. Well, uh, we are. Uh, <laughs> Luke and I had a in-depth conversation yesterday. So my fantasy football league. <laughs> he, he dude, my fantasy football league folded. Oh, I yeah. took the year off and I texted everybody yesterday. I was like, hey, let me know when things are going to get back in. And then uh, everybody, then all the texts were like, yeah, let me know if it comes back. And I'm like, what? And then our commissioner goes, hey, yeah, we're not doing it this you're year. You're the glue guy, obviously. I know. Wow. I was like, what happened? What but
2: happened? imagine my surprise as I was about to jump in my car and, and drive to a press conference that never took place in Charlestown uh but you were a little panicked i'm not gonna lie to you i, thought, I was a worried. i thought something was wrong but uh, parker calls me out of the blue and it was like oh yeah, he, he called you yeah and he was just you know <laughs> i was like oh, you know is he, is he broken down somewhere you know what's going on does he need bail and he's just like i've traded for the first overall pick of my dynasty draft oh <laughs> who should i Lord. take
1: yeah that was i was are little, you going with you want to give you want to show your hand on the draft, draft? Yeah.
2: So, you don't want other gms listening in <laughs>
3: Well, the, the rest of them, I think, are around like where I grew up at. So I, I think we're good for right now. They're probably all working to do their thing. But I, it was a trade. One of the guys in our league, I ran with him in high school. Well, multiple of these guys. I, yeah, two of them I ran with in high school. So one of them texted me. He wants to get out of pick one. I have picked 10 in the 12-team league and we just this is our first year doing dynasty. We made the switch this year which if you don't know dynasty leagues, you keep keep, you, you keep the entire roster. You don't redraft after every football season. So, he is trying to trade up, he's trying to trade out of the top pick and I I decided to go with a deal for him. I gave up some couple of stuff in my middle rounds. So, what I was down to was Patrick Mahomes, which is the obvious pick at number 1.
2: It's a super flex league, by the way, which means you have two quarterbacks.
3: Yes, so you need two quarterbacks, so the quarterback position is really important. So I was thinking Mahomes because he's the obvious pick, right? Or I was down to a guy in Trevor Lawrence because I feel like he's really young. He has the potential to get even better than what he is right now. So that was what I was torn for. I ended up going Mahomes at the top, and now I'm just waiting for my next pick. It's taken a while, so... Just waiting on that for the... Uh, I've renamed my team. We are now known as the Panhandle Pirates. The Panhandle Pirates. I don't hate that. Yes, I it don't is. I the Panhandle yeah, Pirates. Yeah, so here's the... I'll show you the logo, too. This is the Panhandle Pirates. Oh,
1: it should be uh, the view colors.
3: The little golden blue in there. Yeah, it should be golden blue, so, but I like it. So this is the official name right here, uh, the, the Panhandle Pirates. Ooh.
1: our cool. uh, Sounds like a good uh, Diamond Dynasty team name, too. It does. Wait, is that your Diamond Dynasty team name? It is the... No, that's the Martinsburg Monte Carlos. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, we do have a winner for the Baltimore Orioles prize pack. The answer was Mark Bolger. Mark with a C. Mark Bolger.
2: Criminally underrated Mountaineer quarterback.
1: Absolutely. And he was the one that got that win on that hot August day back in 1997. So shout out. To uh, Jeremy for winning that one, and keep tuning in because we got plenty of Orioles gear to give out uh, here as the baseball season continues on. So uh, appreciate you, Jeremy, for the text in. But uh, you can always get in touch with us three zero four two six three four three two one. Got a minute left, fellas? Anything else? We
2: got a traffic note. Potentially, it looks like there's been a fluid spill on I eighty one North at mile marker seven. I eighty one North mile marker fluid seven. Spill. There's some kind of spillage. So if you can, out of course. I don't know bad. what kind of fluid yeah
1: oh boy well i'll report
2: back once i know
1: all right well be up to date on that what you got park
3: (laughs) yep uh tbt basketball tonight on the panhandle news network heard that and best virginia going to be a good time and no i guess over the next few weeks you will be hearing me
1: sweat even more about my picks for dynasty football coming up so good time (laughs) and i'm a free agent so if anybody needs a uh football player i got you but you can get in touch with us 304-263-4321 for parker and luke i'm jordan panhandle live is next have a good one we will talk to you tomorrow
0: she just said it's a dream.